Talking Point with Kathy Mosasana. Weekdays, 9 a.m. till midday. You're live on The Talking Point. It's 8 after 11 o'clock. Welcome to the third and final hour of the show. So for this hour, we're going to be focusing on the CCMA and uh, basically what we've seen coming out of that particular institution and uh, some concerns being expressed about, you know, how the cons- how that organization is able to conduct its work right now. She Brivik is a director of Malcolm Loins and Brivik. Uh, she, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Cathy, and good morning to you and to your listeners. Let's get straight into it, right? So you've been taking a look at the CCMA, and you describe what is happening there as nothing less than a mess. Break it down for us. Why do you see it that way? To contextualize the discussion, there are probably three critical issues that we would need to consider. The first is the amount of the budget which is being cut at the moment, which Mm. is a substantial amount. Mm. It's proposed that over 600 million rand over the next three years, starting from this year, be reduced from the CCMA budget. So it's 100 million rand this year, another 17-odd percent in the year next year, and 23% the year after. So it's a substantial figure, bearing in mind that the CCMA's annual budget is approximately 450 million rand. Mm. So that's a huge gaping hole in the CCMA budget. The second thing that we need to consider is the nature of the institution that's being affected. The CCMA plays a critical role in uh, our economy, uh, in, in labor, in labor productivity, in harmonious relations between employers and employees. And I'm sure during the course of our discussion, we'll discuss in more detail some of mm-hmm. the matters and, and cases which it actually hears um, and how, in fact, it was uh, established. And lastly, as from what we know, some of where those funds have been directed, because I think the public has a right to know of what information has been made public as to where some of that money has gone as opposed to being made available to the CCMA. Mm, mm. When it comes to structurally, um, how the how the organization has been set up, you highlight the issue of those that are on the permanent payroll of the CCMA mm. and those that are considered part-time commissioners that seem to make up the bulk of those who actually end up doing their jobs. Explain how it works. So the CCMA uses commissioners uh, to render the services and give effect to its mandate. Mm. Those commissioners sit in here about conciliations, which are the without prejudice meetings in an attempt to resolve a dispute, as well as arbitration, which are almost like civil trials where parties have an opportunity to lead evidence and where they request a commissioner now sitting wearing the hat of an arbitrator to give a ruling or an award. Those commissioners are made up of part-time and full-time commissioners. And the the majority of commissioners are part-time commissioners. So, mm-hmm. for instance, in the Cape, there are approximately 12 full-time commissioners and over 50 part-time commissioners. Those part-time commissioners are no less trained. In fact, most are, are lawyers or have human resource experience. Some come from union backgrounds, but all are steeped in labor relations legislation and litigation, and they're aware of the law. By reducing the funding, what the CCMA has effectively done is it said, well, we don't have any more money to pay for uh, part-time commissioners. Mm. And those part-time commissioners do anywhere between 60 to 80% of the work which is being done by the CCMA. So, for instance, at the moment, and uh, this, is, this is current information, 
no new arbitrations have been set down. And we were told towards the end of last year that this wouldn't happen until March. We now know that it's extended to April. Mm. But the rumor is that it may continue even past that date. And you can imagine that this has significant repercussions for litigants, not just employees who rely on access to justice, but also to employers who'd like to have finality on these disputes. So when they say, in terms of this directive, that there will be no new cases effectively that uh, are going to be set down, does that ultimately mean that those who have disputes to, to take up that have unfolded under COVID towards the end of last year and very well the beginning of this year, that they're going to have to wait? They're going to have to wait. And we all know the adage mm-hmm. which stands true. That justice denied, uh, justice delayed is justice denied. Mm. So they will have to wait. And they will still have to comply with the time periods which are set out in the legislation as to when a dispute has to be referred, by when a request for arbitration has to be made, because those, those are requirements. And being out of time for an employee, whether assisted or not assisted, may be uh, detrimental to their claim. So they'll still have those obligations, but what will happen now is that they'll wait for notifications from the CCMA as to when those disputes will be heard. Um, the, other, the other structural change is that the advisory centers, which the CCMA used to run, mm. and these were mostly administrative, so they weren't substantive law advisory centers, but to assist applicants who are mostly uh, unrepresented or non-unionized mm. to lodge their disputes in the correct way, Uh, make sure that they're properly served on the other party and the like, are no longer operating. And to give you an idea, uh, in Cape Town alone, that centre was seeing approximately 250 people a day. So that's an astronomical number a year. Look, I mean, it sounds to me like it's a slap in the face for workers because, yes, you know, there are employers who will launch disputes at the CCMA, but mostly it has been workers that also benefit from some of the processes of the CCMA. Yeah, so it's mostly the employees who who benefit from Mm. the services, but there's no doubt that uh, the, the service which is rendered is beneficial to the employer and if we take back if we take a step back to um, original to how the CCMA was formulated through negotiation at Nedlac and Codessa and ultimately the Bill of Rights and section 23 of that Bill of Rights giving right to a fair labor practice the idea was never to have a, um, a contentious or um, a litigious dispute resolution process but rather to have a, a resolution process which was expeditious in other words it worked quickly where non-represented persons could adequately present their case with the assistance of CCMA commissioners Mm. and that it would function also to reach resolution amicably between the parties. And to that end, the CCMA has had a wonderful success rate of almost 70% of its matters being resolved at conciliation and by agreement. So removing the this, this structure, this, this immensely important structure from labor relations is, is taking our country a step back, mm. uh, a number of steps back, to, uh, to pre-Bill of Rights, pre-NEDLAC, where unions and, uh, and employees will have to consider what, what rights or other avenues, if there are any, which are available to them. In your view, T, does this effectively mean that we have now workers in this country that are being completely denied access to justice? Absolutely. They may well have made their referral timelessly, mm. but bear in mind that they, the majority of the disputes which the, the CCMA hears are unfair dismissal disputes. So they would come in 
in different ways. Either an employee is being dismissed for alleged misconduct, did they do something wrong at the work, is it an allegation of theft or fraud, or is it a poor performance dispute, or is it an operational requirement or retrenchment dispute. But in all three, the employee is out of work. And this employee chooses to dispute and challenge the manner or the reasons which were proffered by the employer for the termination of that employment. Mm -hmm. The only way they can do that is at the CCMA. So having that removed or taken away means that any option of relief, such as reinstatement or reemployment, will now be delayed. And how, how much delayed? We still don't know. And that means that their families, their dependents, and they themselves mm. are in fact in limbo. They, they have no income. They may very well have good cases or strong cases, which once heard a finding or ruling will be made in their favor. But without, without having a forum within which to air that, that grievance mm. and, and issue that challenge, they, they are left helpless. During such a, a time as this, the, the, the implications of that are quite dire uh, on individual families and, uh, you know, just lives of people, how those are thrown into complete turmoil. We're talking to T. Privik. He is a director at Malcolm Loins and Privik. He's been looking into the CCMA and some of um, the issues that are coming up in terms of budgetary constraints that he feels are going to lead to the organization becoming ineffective. Now, I know that previously we've had uh, some of our listeners raise issues when it comes to um, the CCMA. I'll be happy to take your calls. The number to dial 011-714-2006. So in the last year, have you had to approach the CCMA to assist you with any matter? What is the progress of that case and what has been your experience when you engage with the CCMA? I'd really love to hear about the lived experience of, of ordinary South Africans. The WhatsApp line that you can use this morning is 0614-104-107. I'll take your SMSs on 41391 and on Twitter it's at SFM Radio. The hashtag is SAFM talking point. See, one of the things that you're also raising uh, around just, you know, the delay in terms of when new directives will be taken on board is that ultimately it leads to backlogs. But the CCMA has been dealing with backlogs that were created at the onset of the lockdown because there were a lot of matters that were on the agenda that simply could not be heard once the country was under lockdown. Absolutely. The CCMA in an ordinary year would hear approximately 200,000 cases, if not more, in a year. That's approximately 17,000 referrals in any one month. So they have to be very efficient in the way in which they process them. Once we entered into COVID-19 and and, uh, Level 5 lockdown in in late March going into April, there was uh, some confusion. But to its credit, the CCMA quickly established a protocol where matters were resolved by way of video conferencing, Microsoft Teams, Zoom, etc. And uh, and parties generally, if they were represented, attorneys and unions and uh, large employers assisted in that way. So there was an attempt to try and ensure that the backlog, which which was inevitable, wouldn't be extraordinary or insurmountable once we come out of the Level 5 lockdown and, and move towards normal operation. But unfortunately, with a 600 million rand gaping hole, there's no way and that the CCMA can make up that backlog. It is operating at a fraction of its level of efficiency without the use of part-time commissioners. 
We'll continue this conversation with Sfi Brivik and uh, we're talking about the CCMA. I'd also like to hear about your own personal experiences when engaging with the CCMA over the last couple of months. Uh, what has that been like? And for those of you that, that haven't been able to lodge new uh, disputes at the CCMA. What are the alternatives that you are looking at? Do you have uh, alternatives? What has been the impact of this, uh, especially when it comes to uh, your position in the job market? We'll continue this conversation and I'll take your calls after this. Hashtag SFM Talking Point. Thanks for staying with us on the talking point. We're looking at the state of affairs at the CCMA and some of the challenges that that organization is seemingly under. Um, Sphi, I want to talk about, uh, you know, the the role of these part-time commissioners. When we look at what is happening now versus um, the impact of, of COVID-19 in the beginning on, on their own lives, they've also had to do uh, some sacrificing. Absolutely. They are part-time commissioners, but many of them dedicate almost the entire week to CCMA work, although they may run some, some of uh, their own businesses on the side, you know, offering advice, etc. But the uh, critical point is that they have been um, tied into the CCMA for so many years mm. that despite the fact that the CCMA considers them part-time commissioners, they're almost like full-time employees at the CCMA, taking on the uh, the bulk of the work that that's offered. So this has had a dramatic effect on their income, on their own livelihood, and uh, and affected their own rights insofar as employees are concerned. All right. I'm going to take some WhatsApp voice notes on this matter. As Fee, you can listen on the line. I'm not sure if it's a question or or, or a comment. Hi, Kathy. I'm wanting to comment on the CCMA budget constraints. Um, Perhaps um, they should explore the UIF benefit to support the CCMA uh, budget allocation there instead of looking at um, the UIF um, funding the vaccine at the moment because that is the trend or the hype that is going around. Um, The CCMA plays a critical role, especially for workers to have a just and fair process. because companies or organizations have the resources to go to um, lawyers um, to actually pay, for example, I know of one company that paid 100,000 rand on one issue in a one month for lawyers to, um, to lay off workers. And the workers went to the CCMA and won the case. Mm, okay, thanks for that. Yeah, you can go for it, Svi. Kathy, I mean, that brings us to the second or, or the third critical point which I wanted to discuss, and that's where these funds have been redirected to. Mm. There's no doubt that the call has brought up a, a, an important point, and that's budgetary constraints, and some of that is obviously larger than just a debate on whether the CCMA is the right institution to face the cuts or whether it is uh, UIF. I mean, we know, for instance, that TERS, which was put in place to assist employees and employers over the lockdown and all the way through to August has run into trouble and financing trouble with uh, Treasury, etc. But to make the point that of the 100 million rand that was redirected this year, 40 million rand was directed to SAA. So 40 million rand of that was directed to a bankrupt uh, parastatal uh, organization which has constantly been returning to government for funds. And the irony is that those workers at SA heavily rely on the CCMA itself for its own dispute resolution. So 
So there you have an example where a functional organization like the CCMA is making a significant sacrifice, as are all its users, in order to subsidize and keep going a, a bankrupt uh, parastatal. Yeah, sure. I mean, the, the, the problems are enormous, aren't they? Uh, well, I'll take another WhatsApp voice note that's come through on our lines. Hi, Kathy. Dion speaking here in the Western Cape. Kathy, I would like to know uh, with your guest, um, what is the salary of the commissioners, the part-time commissioners, and even the full-time commissioners? Uh, because we are talking big bucks here. I would just like to know that. Thank you. Kathy? Yes. Do, 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 do you know? So I, I cannot give precise figures as to what the salary is. What I can tell you mm. is that the CCMA is quite a complicated way of rewarding the part-time commissioners. Uh, but most importantly, it's dependent on the work that is done. In other words, the commissioners are paid for sitting and hearing arbitrations for the time and also once they have provided the award. So it's not a fixed payment per month. They actually have to be productive in mm. order to get their payment. Mm. And that's one of the reasons why the system in part-time commissions has been so successful. If they want to get paid, they have to produce the work. They have to resolve disputes, which means, in terms of the law, providing an award uh, in an arbitration proceeding within 14 days. Now, to put that into perspective, I know 14 days sounds like a long time, but if you had to go to the high court and run a two- or three-day trial, mm. you may end up waiting three, four, five, six months, even longer, to get a judgment out of the high court. So 14 days to consider evidence, uh, research the law, and provide an award is a fairly short, short period of time for a commissioner who is also hearing matters over that period. Oh. Um, I, I'm getting. I've gotten a, a, another message from one of our listeners who says, uh, "Kathy, I was unfairly dismissed from work, and I took the matter uh, to the CCMA. My employers then didn't attend on three occasions. The commissioner granted me a verdict that they should reinstate me or pay me, but my fo- my former employers appealed that decision. Till today, nothing has happened, and that's the impact of of of, of the slow turnaround rate that has now come as a result." Result of uh, some of the developments at the CCMA. Absolutely, mm-hmm. uh, we're not sure precisely what is intended there. Whether that award was taken on review uh, to the Labour Court, and, and which is the which is the structure which sits above the CCMA to entertain any any uh, applications where either one of the parties feels that an award was incorrectly made. So it's not an appeal, rather a review. But I think what the caller is raising is that during COVID nineteen, there were a lot of unscrupulous employers which used COVID-19 as an excuse to thin out their employees, mm-hmm. maybe terminate the employment of those employees whose services they didn't, didn't like or, or who they thought weren't performing properly. And now those employees don't have access to a forum to challenge either the fairness or the process which was followed. So there's been a lot of abuse of the labor law, uh, laws during this time of COVID, and employers are effectively functioning now without repercussion because mm-hmm. they know that the delays act for them and not, ag- and, and not against them. So, so what's the way forward? Now, the way forward is to interrogate this, this budgetary um, reduction. Mm. It's for the representatives led by business and unions who, who have to raise their voice, and I know that they have already, to question why this amount was being removed, to insist that part-time commissioners be reinstated into the CCMA structures, 
and to ensure that the backlogs are dealt with. There's no other way other than to, to use funding and resource to bring the backlog up to speed. The difficulty is, is that the, as the law stands, the, the rights which dismissed employees have for, uh, for compensation or reinstatement and reemployment are, limit, are directed through the CCMA. In other words, the process follows a strict, uh, follows a strict legislative guideline mm. where the CCMA is critical. So options are limited, extremely limited. Oh, Svi, let me thank you so much uh, for your time. Svi Brivik there. I tell you what, yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm finding myself more and more speechless these days. I mean, what 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 do we do? What do we say? How do we begin to explain a, a situation such as this? Because by the time that the CCMA is able to start taking on new matters again, which may or may not be April, we, we simply don't know. What what position will workers in this country be in? You know, what what recourse um, would have been denied to so many workers that obviously desperately needed. Um, I think I remember it was uh, Zuelinzi Mavavi, Saftu's Zuelinzi Mavavi, who said, you know, workers are on their own. Workers in this country are on their own. And certainly one, yeah, one increasingly gets that sense. So we'll follow up and we'll try to get the CCMA on. Also just to try and talk us through uh, some of the issues that SFI has raised during the interview and find out just how affected they have been by some of these challenges. All of them, of course, are not internal, but certainly have an impact on their ability to do their jobs. It's 11.13. Nandika Bjorkas has your latest news headlines.